Hello and welcome to this episode of Discussions with Kate, where today we're actually not discussing the latest issues with Kate because she is on a well-deserved break. So we are with two guest speakers joining us today, David Sheen, UK Hospitality's Public Affairs Director and Jim Cathcart, our Policy Director. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Now, both of you have worked really closely with members throughout the pandemic. You've uh, been instrumental in getting support and guidance for members. So you're very well connected there with hospitality businesses. What feedback have you had from members in England since Freedom Day? I think it's, I think it's been a real challenge for a lot of members. Clearly, um, with Freedom Day, pretty much every rule fell away, although there's been fairly strong guidance and, and a responsibility on businesses to, to keep staff and customers safe. So I think there's been a lot of decisions to make and it's been it's been pretty tough to to sort of decide how you're how you're going to operate your business with the pressures from from customers on both sides, some of whom want stricter rules, some of whom want no rules at all. So I think it's um it's been a real balancing act for for members. I think I think that's right, David. And um because as you sort of allude to, this has been a bit of a you know sailing in uncharted waters in a way. Um, in the sense that you know we've we've come out of lockdowns uh, before, but gone into a series of restrictions. So um, from the you know in England certainly from the July 2020 sort of um, risk assessed approach, and then into the uh, the famous tier system, uh, which sort of ratcheted up uh, various levels uh, again after the the lockdown in um, autumn of last year. And then post uh, the winter lockdown, we we obviously had the step system. Uh, and again, throughout all of that, different rules, different ways of operating or not operating uh, that we we try to keep members abreast of with our with our FAQ documents uh, and, and the guidance sitting alongside it. But now, obviously, with this step four, as as David says, that's seen most, if not all, of those uh, rules fall away. So we're operating in a situation now where it's you know much more at the discretion of the the individual operator and I think that's the key thing here uh, with the the risk assessment that um, obviously all operators will be you know doing anyway but uh, it's definitely one to, to focus on and keep keep reviewing um, uh, in terms of the the COVID uh, you know mitigations that you may or may not be putting into your business um, and again going back to the point that this is a business-led decision so it's all about what is right for your individual business recording that in your risk assessment, obviously crucially carrying out those um, uh, uh, mitigations and ways of operating in consultation with your staff and keeping that regularly under review. As David says, you know, we're in a situation where obviously um, customers and individuals have their own, you know, expectations potentially and, and ways of ways of using hospitality venues. So it'll be interesting to see how this pans out in the next uh, few weeks or so. How have businesses been managing customer expectations? Has government been giving mixed messages, perhaps, and causing confusion there between business operations and what customers expect? I think certainly in that, in the sort of week after it was announced that that some restrictions would be recommended, there was there was a lot of confusion that played out certainly in the media of how businesses would operate, and that's that was sort of the same across multiple sectors. Obviously, you had transport with Transport for London coming out very strongly in favour of maintaining face coverings, sort of retail sector looking at uh, making it sort of advisory, but not mandatory for, for most customers. So I think there have been some confusing messages. But ultimately, I think I think government's trying to let both individuals and businesses take responsibility for their own actions and, and how they deal with the sort of ongoing pandemic and particularly the, the relatively high case numbers that we've got at the moment. 
have staff had any issues with uh, with customers perhaps finding that any measures that they've implemented based on their risk assessment have you heard of any possible situations where staff are being um, treated poorly by customers we, we we made it very clear in our communications in the week before the the sort of reopening that there were there were going to be different circumstances in different venues and that and the customers really had to take note of that and and that the priority was them treating staff with respect and i think that's always been the priority throughout this staff have had a a pretty torrid time enforcing some of these rules which people are in some cases ideologically opposed to so it's it's been tough for them I've, i personally haven't had any feedback that that staff have, have been treated poorly but it's obviously it's obviously early days and yeah like just fingers crossed that people do treat treat staff with the respect they always should do really I think I think that's key, and it has it has been the case as Dave says throughout throughout the different sort of rules we've been operating under that that has has been a flashpoint in in some circumstances. Um, but but you know that, that goes back to sort of the key key element of this, which is obviously as, as David says, you know, customers treat staff with respect, but also understanding that you know the the mitigations that may or may not be in place within a business are down to that individual business, and they've made those decisions, uh, which is right for them as a business, and, and it should be respected in the same way that other operational um, choices are made by the operator when a, when a customer sort of visits the venue. Yeah, I think there's I think there's just going to be people, everyone's going to need to show a bit of caution. I think everyone's finding their way at the moment and people have made decisions that, that they believe are best for keeping their staff and customers safe whilst also allowing customers to enjoy the premises. So those decisions have been made. I think we will see we'll see business practices evolving. And it's quite interesting to see the, the data on sort of table service remaining in quite a lot of, of, of venues. Um, I think that, that's potentially a, a sort of longer term move. But I think that, that we'll see sort of that hybrid of bar and table service. And, and it'll be tough for it'll be tough for businesses as well as customers to, to adjust to that. But um, this, this has been a sort of unprecedented shock to the system. And I, mean, I think we've all just got to be wary as we come out of it and, and just treat each other in the right way. Um, as we as we find our way and um, absolutely and that's been our messaging as well to local authorities who with their sort of eho and um health and safety hat on will be the one sort of enforcing and checking the you know the legal risk assessments part of the business's obligations and again our messaging there and uh you know to be to be honest um when we have had recent discussions you know the the you know message coming back from local authorities has been positive again um, around everyone's finding their way on this and looking to sort of you know assist businesses around yeah the risk assessment and not being too heavy-handed and obviously as ever with this that you know there have been with the rules isolated examples of where local authorities have sort of made you know in our view decisions which you know don't you know are, are incorrect or or pushing the pushing the limit if you like of of what um, what you know we, we think is reasonable and again no no examples as of yet coming through with step four with local authorities being or certain local authorities being um heavy-handed with businesses which is positive but we continue that constructive dialogue on a weekly basis to ensure that we if there are issues we log it but also um to ensure that enforcement is proportionate and you know within within what the actual legal framework is at the current time and David, you mentioned that COVID cases are rising. Businesses, they've just prepared, they've reopened. Now, are businesses worried that they might be uh, another lockdown on the horizon? I think after the last 17, 16, 17 months that businesses have been through, I think they're naturally going to be nervous of, of, of any potential changes and changes in direction from, from government. We've already seen one with um, nightclubs being asked to 
use the NHS COVID pass from the end of September, which was uh, a really big surprise and something that we've sort of been working to sort of minimise the impact on the sector and will continue to do so. So those those sort of changes, we've, we've seen them come, come quite regularly. I think I'm naturally fairly optimistic um, and, and hopeful that there, there won't be another lockdown. I think the vaccine rollout's clearly done a fantastic job in keeping um, those hospitalisations and uh, mortality numbers at relatively low levels, even as we've seen cases rise. So I think government and, and the public are seeing that the vaccine is working as it as it stands and that that does offer some protection i think it would be prudent for businesses to sort of take a again take a take a cautious approach to to how we might how we might operate in in the autumn uh, again fingers crossed we we don't have another lockdown ever but there may be measures that businesses want to take and it, it may be about just sort of tweaking your risk assessment in certain ways to to just offer that extra protection so it's as always with this pandemic it's 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 hard to make an accurate prediction about the future but broadly broadly hopeful that we won't see another lockdown we'll have to wait and see i think and on the point of the covid vaccine certificates that are coming in from september i think you said they also mentioned other venues with where larger crowds gather do we know any do we have any more information on what that is what that means well we're engaging closely with government i think i think it's again this is a, an evolving piece we've got meetings with senior government officials and, and ministers to work through uh, the detail of, of how such a scheme might operate i don't think at this stage we have we have any any firm details of what those sort of large events might be but as, as i mentioned our, our job will be to minimize the impact on on the sector as a whole and make sure that it's a targeted a targeted measure that sounds good now, looking at the support the government has given, obviously there was a relaxations of planning rules, which allowed businesses to make more use of the outdoor space, the space around the businesses. Do you think businesses found this of use? What's the kind of appetite for keeping that in place? I think certainly um, it was a big, big help for businesses. When the original uh, in England sort of pavement license, streamlined pavement licensing regime came in from July there was uh, July 2020 when businesses could reopen in England there was there was good take up but uh, not not probably to the level that you know we and local authorities had expected and then obviously moving towards the winter we moved into the tier system again obviously due to sort of weather and other and the other restrictions on on trading there was sort of less take up of it but certainly where from the start of this year, where we were moving into uh, the step system in England and uh, first first sort of opening stage of that for, for hospitality was outdoor. Um, and with the advanced notice of that, we saw a, a much larger uptake of the pavement licensing, the investment going into the outdoor spaces. And again, a number of local authorities have been you know, superb at this, i.e. waiving the fee entirely or, or giving loans to businesses to cover the fee. And in some cases, even outdoor uh, equipment as well. So um, it's been really positive in most cases. And the, the recently announced extensions to it and hopefully making it permanent. Um, obviously, the previous system of tables and chairs licensing left much to be desired, both in terms of its high cost in many cases and um, actually getting it was was a problem. So I think, you know, where we talked about the Licensing Act 2003 many years ago, sort of ushering a bit of a cafe culture in in the in uh, England and Wales and, and sort of at the time didn't really take off I think that actually now we're seeing the fruits of that and it ties in very nicely with a lot of recent sort of government uh, strategy publications around high streets around hospitality strategy around using that outdoor space and use of the public space for hospitality so 
Um, hopefully long may that uh, continue and we're certainly pushing for that to be uh, made permanent and allow businesses that freedom to use the outdoor space in yes. uh, town centres. Yeah, certainly from my experience, it's, it's led to a lot of investment in, in outdoor areas. Again, there's, there's probably been a bit of a step change in a number of venues, particularly those that do have access to outside areas where business models almost almost, almost changed fundamentally by opening up those outside areas and creating that much additional capacity. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's, it's, it can only be a good thing for the sector. You mentioned um, a hospitality strategy. Why do you think government has taken this step to to announcing a hospitality strategy? Personally, I think the pandemic's clearly been terrible for everyone. But I think I think the one positive to take out of it is is the value of hospitality to to the to the country. I think government previously was not very was not very overly supportive. I'm not sure they fully recognised the sector. I think actually the creation of UK hospitality actually did quite a lot to change that in terms of bringing that one one strong voice for hospitality and sort of uniting the different parts. I think that was that was a, a very useful first step um, and put us in a really strong position once the pandemic hit to have that have that one clear voice that we could put into government sort of articulating quite the size and, and breadth um, and importance of the sector to, to government and and since since the pandemic's hit we've seen we've seen sort of government restructure internally we've got um, we've got a hospitality unit within within Bayes, we've got a, a strong support unit um, within DCMS to support um, the hotel um, community. We've we've been at um, top table meetings with from number ten cabinet office treasury, and so I think I think we've seen a, a step change in the recognition of the sector, and and that's that's manifested itself in a Bayes minister now having responsibility for hospitality, which wasn't the case before, and of course, as you mentioned, the hospitality strategy and the tourism strategy. So I think we've seen. A sort of transformation in the in the image and respect that the sector receives from government. And I'm sure that's a welcome news, especially to the communities who have suffered, um, particularly rural and coastal. I know there are some issues there as well. Do the will the strategies expand to to kind of look at those areas? I think the strategies are there for the nation. Um, I think as part of the whole levelling up agenda, these these communities, um, particularly sort of the, some of the uh, coastal ones will be will be at the heart of government's thinking, and we've seen that with some of the funding decisions that have been made already. So I think I think we've um, got a real opportunity to spread the spread the benefits of the um, strategies to to all parts of, of the UK. Um, and uh, obviously, coastal coastal areas are, are critical to to the UK's tourism offer. So it's it's massively important that they they get the recognition that's due to them. And how will UK hospitality be working with government to progress all the different initiatives that will be included? Um, I, there will be the establishment of a, a hospitality sector council, um, which um, we obviously hope to be represented on, as well as members of, of the association, to, to make sure that we're sort of at that top table guiding rollout of the strategy. So we, we've got we've got very good strong links in with officials. There are many, many strands to the strategy, but I think all of them are very important to hospitality from sort of the skills agenda to net zero to to the whole levelling up element of it. So it's going to be a lot of work, but I think we think this is critical for, for the sector's recovery and to build its future resilience. Sounds like something we should all be keeping an eye on and um, I'm sure we'll be updating members as things progress with that strategy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, making sure that we've got the strongest representation and, and all views are heard and fed into that. 
And I think that's probably all we have time for today on this podcast. Thank you both for joining me. And I'm sure you'll be having further discussions with members about any of their concerns as we continue to reopen and work in this new environment. Members who do have any questions can get in touch with the team. You can just contact membership at ukhospitality.org.uk and a member of the team there will be able to help you or give us a call on the phone number, which you'll find on our website. Thanks again to both of you for your time today and we'll speak to everyone again soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.